and welcome to Your Sparkly Brand. We are here to inspire and empower female entrepreneurs just like you. On this podcast, we share valuable how-to content, discuss common mindset challenges, and interview kick-ass women business owners about their journeys. In a world that tries to pit females against each other, Your Sparkly Brand is celebrating successful women, nurturing the next generation, and uplifting each other. I'm Megan Gersh, and I'm here with my co-host, Lauren Tassie. Hey, Lauren. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to uh, do, be doing another podcast today. Me too. Me too. I'm like really starting to look forward to this every week. Like, I don't know about you, but it's just like a little tiny delight in the middle of my week. Yeah. It's just so different from everything else I do that it's so, so nice to take a break and like talk to another person <laughs> instead of like writing by myself all day long. So yeah, totally. Yeah. I feel like we should do a, a podcast episode about like how lonely being an entrepreneur can be. Like, I feel like that would be like a fun thing to talk about, but I totally get what you're saying. Yes. I'm writing in a note. So we add this to our list. Anyway, so uh, what, what's your sparkly moment? So I can't super talk about it yet, but, um, I am, you know, by the time that this podcast airs, like it will probably already have happened, but I did get an email from this week from a brand that I really, really, really wanted to work with. And we had a meeting earlier this week and it went super well. I'm so excited for this opportunity. I can't announce it just yet, but yeah, it's just a, a very, very sparkly moment in my week for sure. Oh, well, I can't wait until, uh, we can tell everybody what it is because that sounds awesome. Yeah, for sure. How about you? So, uh, you know what I did? And this is totally a plug for our last episode too. So if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to episode eight with Rosalind Crow, definitely listen to that one. Um, but so I actually took some of her advice and she said in that episode, she says that she doesn't have a to-do list. She just schedules things in her calendar. And so I was like, let me try that. Let me see how it goes. And I still like, I, it's still a work in progress. It's only been a week, um, but I've started doing that. And especially like when I'm, you know, need to work on certain projects for clients, just putting that in my calendar for some reason, instead of adding it to a list feels very freeing. And I think part of it is that like, like this morning I was like, oh, I got to work on revisions for this one thing. And I blocked out an hour for it and it took me 15 minutes. So then I was like, oh, wow, now I got 45 minutes to do whatever I want versus just sort of having this like never ending list. So it feels really good. And I'm excited to even like go deeper into that. That's awesome. I'm glad that you, that was a helpful tip to you. I, I definitely want to try that too. It seems like a great system to kind of put into practice. So yeah, I highly recommend it. I feel like I need, I need to even like learn more about it. Cause she just kind of like like, you know, gives you like the surface level of it. I really love to like find, you know, get more of the details about how to make it work better. Yeah, definitely. So what are we talking about today? Today? Oh, this is such a good one. Uh, and also like a good one, but also a terrible one. Um, <laughs> today we are talking about imposter syndrome and I don't know about you, but this is something I struggle with on a daily basis, like an hourly basis, probably. It's just something that's constantly like a constant battle in my head. So one thing before we jump into it, one thing that one of my mentors said to me a few months ago that I thought was really interesting and something I've been trying to do. The term imposter syndrome is like so weighty, right? Like it sounds like this clinical diagnosis. And by using this word, we give it so much power, right? I have imposter syndrome. I'm suffering from imposter syndrome. Where if we swap it for the term self-doubt, it kind of takes away a lot of that power because it doesn't have such so much weight behind it. So that's something I've been doing in my own, you know, like even in my head being like, okay, well, it's just a little bit of self-doubt versus imposter syndrome. So we'll use both terms here today, but I just, you know, just a little sort of 
you know, tidbit that I found helpful. That's so great. That's such a great tip because I feel like you're totally right. Like I feel like imposter syndrome, it, it turns in, into like this big, like monster, like in the room or whatever. And self-doubt is definitely a bit nicer to ourselves, like, you know, more easier to deal with, at least in my opinion. Yeah, totally agree. So let's talk about what exactly is imposter syndrome. Essentially, as we just kind of mentioned, it's doubting yourself and feeling like a fraud when you are working with someone. And it's also that feeling of like, you've only gotten to where you are through luck and not through hard work and, you know, dedication, perfecting your craft on your part. And so a lot of the time, these thoughts and feelings are not really valid. If you take a look at the work that you've done in the past, if you take a look at like the skills that you've developed, it's just often not the case that you're a fraud. It's so it's the feeling of like not deserving the success that you might have, or if something good comes your way, like maybe you feel like, oh, I don't deserve that. It's just another form of perfectionism. And so we really want to try to, when you see imposter syndrome come up, just notice it and say like, oh, this is like not helpful thought, you know, and try to redirect it. But it's essentially rooted in the feeling of not being good enough. Yeah. um, One thing I read about this recently is that, um, you know, if your parents were like really tough on you with grades and school, when you were growing up, imposter syndrome tends to be like more intense for you just because that was one of those things Well, you got a B and not an A, you know, which like not to blame our parents, like they're, you know, they're all doing the best they can, but it becomes this, like, if you aren't this sort of perfect, expert. It's something you really struggle with because that was ingrained at such a, an early age. That's super interesting. And so the other thing about imposter syndrome is that it's just, it's so common. Um, and we don't talk about it because it's, it's a self-doubt thing. And it's one of those things that makes us all, we're all insecure. And so talking about something that we're insecure about becomes even harder. But studies have shown that 70% of people are dealing with imposter syndrome at any point. So I read, I was, you know, doing a little bit of research before we hopped on and um, I read a couple articles and one of them was a quote from uh, Maya Angelou. So that like the famous civil rights activist poet, I think she's like a Nobel laureate. Like she has like all these accolades and here's, here's what she said. She says, I've written 11 books, but each time I think, uh oh, they're going to find me out now. I run a game on everybody and they're going to find me out. Like, that's like, it doesn't matter where you are in your business. You will always have these feelings. And then there was a different article I read that said, these are the people that like have spoken publicly or like written about imposter syndrome or just sort of, you know, the list of people who identify with it. David Bowie, Lady Gaga, Tina Fey, Michelle Obama, and Serena Williams. Like these are the people literally at the top, the top of their game. And they're just, you know, constantly dealing with these feelings of insecurity. And the other thing that probably isn't all that surprising is that it tends to affect women more more than men and then minority groups too, just because I think we're constantly, you know, trying to be our best and being told we're not good enough or we're not worthy of that just by, you know, sort of the white men in the world. I want to make one comment on those quotes that you just mentioned too. I think that the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that when you are a business owner, a lot of the time, it really just means that you've gotten really good at Googling things, which like you don't need to know everything. Like you absolutely can't know everything, right? But a lot of really successful business owners just get really good at finding the answers that they need. And so luckily we have the internet in this day and age and we can have all the information at our fingertips, but like, you know, it's really not about knowing everything, right? You know what? Um, there was actually uh, something else that I read that I found very interesting. Basically, if you read a book on a topic, right? Like copywriting or, you know, something, if you read one book on a subject, you already know more than 95% of the people in the world. So like just having that little bit of information 
information may not make you an expert by the definition of what an expert is, but you can still help people. You still have valuable skills that you can offer just with a, a little bit of knowledge. Yeah, for sure. And imposter syndrome is a sign that you are growing. I mean, if you are pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, you're obviously doing something that is pushing yourself. It's very common to have self-doubt in those times. When we really think about like imposter syndrome, actual people that are imposters don't really have this sense. So the fact that like you're even facing imposter syndrome is a sign that you are not trying to con someone. It's actually a sign that you are becoming a bit of an authority in your field. And if you've ever felt it, it means that you're growing. Like it means that you're pushing yourself. You're still continually learning. And so it's a good thing. I've read about this in the past, but like the thing about imposter syndrome is that the bigger that your business gets, the more success that you have, the more likely that you are to experience imposter syndrome, which is like kind of a strange, weird thing. Like you were just saying with all of these kind of top performers, famous people, all of these things, it just never goes away. The thing about it is like, you have to learn how to notice it and how to kind of correct it. Yeah. And that takes us to our next point, which is the ways that imposter syndrome can show up in your business. Because sometimes it's not, you're not like 100% aware, oh, this is imposter syndrome. Like this is what I'm dealing with. It shows up in sort of these sneaky little ways that get in the way of what you're trying to accomplish. Feeling reluctant to talk about, to post about um, certain topics, you know, oh, I don't know enough about this. Oh, I'm talking about marketing, but I never went to college for marketing. So what do I know? The, the same thing with like not wanting to post on social media about anything or about a certain topic, just sort of feeling that resistance that like, again, procrastination may show up. These struggles we deal with as entrepreneurs kind of all weave in and out of each other because they find ways to latch on to like the problem. Another way is being afraid to raise your rates or your prices. You might think, oh, well, I've only been doing this for a year, so I should, you know, keep my prices where they, uh, at the same place they are when I started. Where in actuality, if you've been doing it for a year, it's probably time to consider raising your prices. And, you know, it's one of those things where you look at how, you know, men are never afraid to ask for more money when they're negotiating a job or, you know, raising their rates. And we as women really need to try and think beyond that when we're dealing with uh, money in our business. And then the other thing is playing down your expertise and your experiences. Um, so that would be something like, oh yeah, well, I, I just started doing that. So, um, you know, I, I'm figuring it out, but, but we'll, you know, we'll work on it for you. Um, and just, instead of just kind of owning what you do and owning what you know. Yeah. That last one is something that I personally struggle with a lot. I mean, I personally have been in, in the design and marketing fields for over 14 years. I've worked with some huge entertainment brands and that is just something that I always like, oh yeah, like I've done some stuff like, and I kind of just like cower away a little bit, like, like this balance of like weird ego kind of like, oh, I don't want them to understand what I've done because I don't want them to think I'm bragging or like, it's that those self-doubt things kind of creeping in. I don't know. They just mess with like, how you present yourself to people. It's super weird. Yeah. I, um, sort of in the opposite of that, like I kind of like slowly started getting into marketing and copywriting. Like there were years where I still had a full-time job in another industry, but I was doing it for side projects and for other businesses. And so sometimes I don't necessarily own that when I talk about how long I've been doing it. Like, yeah, I've been full-time copywriting for almost three years, but I've actually been copywriting for six years. It's just, you know, wasn't a full-time business. So I'm trying to learn how to stand in my power for that too. It's a process. It's a process. <laughs> 
Nice. So let's talk about a few strategies that you can use to deal with imposter syndrome. I know that we've already kind of touched on a few of them. The one that you, the tip that you gave earlier about essentially renaming imposter syndrome is a really, really good one. I do like that one a lot. And then also talking about imposter syndrome, like we're doing right now, normalizing it, um, making it known that this is a common thing that happens to a lot of business owners. And then don't let imposter syndrome stop you from moving forward and making progress. Again, we talked about how this is a form of perfectionism. So you don't want to let it prevent you from moving forward. One thing that I've learned again from, sorry to bring up Mel Robbins again, but she's just like an, an awesome inspiration to me. Um, but she has this thing called the five, four, three, two, one rule, um, where you essentially count back from five and then you just do something. It doesn't matter what it is, but you can use that rule and apply it to whatever that you're doing. So if you're, you're feeling resistance, you don't want to do something, try using that strategy to count back from five and then you just do it. It's a great way to get you to keep moving forward. And another way is just to look at how far you've come because you have likely done some amazing things, like worked with some amazing clients and created great things in your life. So think about those wins um, and acknowledge them. All wins are wins, big and small. So it's important to acknowledge all of the wins. And then when it comes to presenting yourself online, um, talking with clients, always try to talk about what you know. It's going to help you to feel more confident in what you're talking about and relate that back to your own experiences, share case studies or other ways that you have helped people. These are great ways to kind of fall back essentially on projects that you have worked on um, or experiences that you have had in the past. And finally, this is one of my favorite ones is to use affirmations. So saying I am enough, I am awesome. Self-doubt is a sign that I'm growing. Like using these affirmations will help to train your reticular activating system, which is, we could do a whole episode on that as well, but essentially it's, it's a way to train your brain to listen to positive messages. Oh yeah. I love that. I know for me, like lately I've been trying to, I've been, let's <laughs> see, I'm like doing it. I'm trying to using words like trying and should there's another one. Um, so I'm moving towards offering strategy in my business beyond just copywriting services and specifically around like launching for coaches and course creators. And so that's something that I don't have a ton of experience doing purely strategy, but that doesn't mean that I haven't guided my clients as I've written their copy for them and gotten on strategy calls and advised them, you know, here's something I would recommend you do. Here's something I would recommend you don't do. And so when it comes to, you know, me talking about that on a call with a possible client, talking about it on social media or in an email or something, relating back to what has worked in the past helps me sort of get over that, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about feeling just because it goes, well, this, this worked for this person and they made, you know, 87% more than they did the last time or whatever the numbers are. So that's just like an example of how that is working for me today in my business. Well, that's all we've got for today. Uh, remember imposter syndrome is something most entrepreneurs deal with on a daily basis. Uh, so let's find ways to talk about it more so we can take away its power. The next time you're feeling resistance around putting yourself out there, uh, acknowledge the feeling of self-doubt and do that thing anyway. Is there a topic that you would like us to cover in an upcoming episode? Or are you a business owner who would like to join us on the podcast? Send us an email at hello at your sparkly brand and let us know. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay sparkly.